The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. Yes, UFC 289 is in the books. And it's time to matchmake after a pretty fun card in Vancouver. One of the all-time great fighters has announced her retirement after a dominant title defense. The next challenger for Islam Makachev appears to have a name. And his name, you know what his name is. And much more to discuss from a matchmaking perspective from Saturday's card. I am Mike Keck. Yes, we are coming off of a pay-per-view event. Yes, we are not live. Couldn't swing it because I have a flight to catch in a few hours, but we wanted to give you a show, wanted to make sure we could make that happen. And joining me to give you that show is the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the Prince of Positivity, and my best friend, gosh darn it, Alexander K. Lee. Good morning, AK. Good morning, my best friend. Uh, we are recording the show just hours after you and I were on the uh, live watch, watch party. We're watching the main event. We're watching Amanda Nunes and Irene Aldana. And you, you're even less hours after the post-fight show. I didn't realize. I, I, I had forgot. You know, it's a, it's a pay-per-view. So, of course, we got to wait until after the uh, the post-fight press conference. And then I think as I was sort of winding down in the night, I saw like, oh, uh, preview show's going live. And I'm like, this is insane. This is... <laughs> why are they like this to us West Coasters? I mean, I, I, honestly, even if you were on site, even if you are on West Coast time, it would probably be a pretty brutal turnaround. So... But you know what, Mike? Uh, the card was, I thought, pretty entertaining to watch. History was made in the main event. You know, we had a, we had a moment. It's the only moment where I kind of regretted uh, not being in Vancouver, but only 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 a little bit, to be honest. It was uh, it was actually kind of fun to be able to see, you know, on the broadcast uh, how awkward sort of the the whole retirement ceremony started off, but ended very well. Great night for Canada, Mike. Great night, five and zero. Oh. For uh, for fighters born in Canada, and shout out to of course Diana Bobita as well, who who uh, I think a lot of Canadians are claiming as their own now, fighting out of uh, fighting out of Stony Creek. So it, it, I have nothing bad to say about last night's card. I thought it was just a, a really fun show all around, and I went five and zero on the main card picks for the first time in uh, God knows how long. Does not happen often. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. What did I do? I think it was, no, I went three and two. I went with the Aldana pick, which a lot of people seemed. Did. It seemed like like the way I mapped it out, I was like, "This is going according to plan," and then it just never got better for Irene Aldana. It was just a mm. dominant performance from Amanda Nunes, who 
went on to announce her retirement. I Here's what I loved about this, AK. One, she didn't retire in the first place out of spite. And then she actually retired sort of out of spite again, which I thought was fantastic. Like, Juliana's in the crowd. They show her on the camera. She's sitting there saying, it's one and one. I'm the one. I should be in there fighting. I'm going to get my shot next. And then Amanda just slams the door in her face and retires kind of out of spite it and out of sort of necessity and want and need, but it still kind of went to the spite story, which there's a, probably a semblance of, of truth to the spite. And I just, I loved it all around. And as cringy as Juliana Pena's response to it was, as Jed said on the post fight show, you got to respect it. If you're going to live your truth, live your truth to the fullest, even if you're the only one who believes it. And boy, does Juliana Pena feel like she's the only one who believes it. Pretty I don't much have kind to of an A-plus all around. <laughs> I don't have to respect it. I don't have to respect I don't respect anything that Juliana Pena is doing. I respect her for beating Amanda Nunes. Uh, I respect her for... Uh, again, we'll, I, we'll, maybe we'll get into this. Probably uh, getting, you know, if they do a big title fight, probably one half of that. I respect that. But everything she says is just embarrassing. And God help us. She might be the UFC champ- like the next UFC bantamweight champion, and that's fine. Again, like I said, then all the respect to her. But I don't respect any of this. her tactics Amanda's running. And I have, even le- I have zero respect for anyone uh, who even remotely agrees with what she's saying because if you do, you're just a... <laughs> You're an absolute idiot. So, I don't think anybody actually like believes what she's saying, but she believes what she's saying. Is there's some trolls and this out is there. why there's there's some respect. There's some trolls out there, Mike. There's some trolls out there. Oh, I know that that's for sure. That's for sure. So, Ugh. you mentioned that Payne could be one half of the next title fight. There's this is the perfect opportunity for the UFC to do a tournament. This is the perfect opportunity. We talked about this a little bit on the post fight show. The UFC is not going to do this. They're not going to have fun with this. It's just going to be the same kind of names that are in the mix. Holly Holm is fighting Myra Buena Silva. We got Pena. Raquel Pennington was the backup fighter who was also in the crowd. I have been on the show every time Pena or, or Pennington fights. They have to match these two up. This is the fight that needs to happen. But is this the fight you think the UFC is going to make for the belts? How do you think they're going to handle this now that Amanda Nunes is no longer the bandweight champion, no longer the featherweight champion, and it appears that the featherweight championship is uh, no longer a thing. Mike, did you update your... We didn't have to. So we'll let people know this week. We're going to do not... I don't think we're doing a full ranking show. Normally, after a pay-per-view, fans, you know, or MMA fighting readers are used to seeing we do a a pound-for-pound update, we do a global rankings update, all the divisions, and we do a podcast. I think we're only doing a pound-for-pound rankings update uh this week it was not listen going in it wasn't the strongest card you and i are pretty positive about it as it's as it as it went down but um it i think it lived up to our modest expectations so it's not like we're jumping for joy like oh it it killed all expectations no it it, it lived up to them um so we're only doing pound for pound but mike i want to did you update your bantamweight women's rankings just in your head did you do like kind of a quick like well who's the number one women's bantamweight now with I mean, Amanda. it's probably Juliana Pena. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably looking at my Pena, right. Pennington. Yep, yeah. that's how I would do it. One, two, yeah. That sounds, that feels wrong. It just, <laughs> it just feels wrong. I know, and I know, I know Pena was legitimately the number one 135-pound fighter in the world. Uh, you know, for a moment that she beat, she beat Nunes. So it's not like this is not the first time she's been number one. 
but it just feels wrong. But again, you're like we said, we said Pena, Pennington, one and two in some order. And it feels even weirder to say Pennington's number one. Uh, and then behind that, you have Ketlin Vieira, you have Holly Holm, Irene Aldana, uh, Meira Bueno Silva, and then Yana Santos, and so on and so forth. Like, again, this is, I could read, actually, I could read off all the names in the women's bantamweight division. It would not take long. There's not that many. Um, but yes, so Juliana Pena, as much as I'm like, you know, saying I, I, I find her trash talk and stuff so deplorable and dull, she has to be part of the one half of that vacant title fight. She has to be. And Pennington, if they go by Colby Covington rules, Wade successfully weighed in as a backup. She did the UFC a solid. She has to be the other half. Like the only other thing you see is maybe if Shevchenko says, "Oh, I, I want to go back up to 135 now and, and have a shot at that belt because you know I've always wanted to." And well, it's a shame I couldn't fight Amanda. I still want to see if I can if I can uh, if I can become a two division champion. But I think it'd be unfair, pretty unfair to both Pena and Pennington um, to not have them fight for the vacant title and had let uh Shevchenko jump over either of them as much as fans would love it and, and and we would love it in the media probably what would you rate the chances of it, it seems like they're going to do Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso too mm-hmm. maybe on that September 16th Mexican Independence Day card in of all places Las Vegas Nevada let's just say Shevchenko goes out there and wins sure they could run it back a third time but what would you rate the chances of Valentina Shevchenko, who has been doing this for a very, very long time and seems to be like she's still very good, but kind of on the back nine from a skill set and just sort of a a perspective of athletic prime sort of on the back nine of that. What would you rate the chance of Shevchenko if she wins back the title just saying, you know what, I'm going up to 135, Pena, Pennington, whoever wins, meet your maker in the next fight. I think she would at least have to offer, uh, or or the UFC would want her anyway to offer Grasso a trilogy belt. Um, I know it sounds silly. Why would you have these two fight three times in a row? It's not like Grasso has a resume that even compares to Shevchenko's yet. But they kind of did it with Moreno and Davison. There was a reason for it, of course. There's a you know those uh, th- that first um, you know the Davison uh, uh, Moreno feud kind of started off kind of wonky, but. Um, I, I, I would think they like Grasso enough that they would give her another shot, and that uh, that would win or lose act as Shevchenko's farewell to the 125 pound division, right? It, it and again, that it works out for them because they it's not like they need her to come up and fight for this 135 pound title. So now that I've said that, now that I've said like what makes sense and what I think I think they'll do. Obviously, Shevchenko is going to beat Grasso and then vacate the belt and go up to 135 and, and take one of these spots. So, yeah, my, I don't know. I don't know, Mike. I'm and, and the thing is, I'm not against it. I think Shevchenko beats Pena or Pennington. We've seen her beat Pena, and I'm pretty confident she beats Pennington too. So, really, there's no reason for her not to make that move to 135 as soon as she can. Win or lose against Grasso in her next fight, again, I would be picking her to win. So, I don't know. So, I'll go percentage-wise chance that she man pretty good chance if she if she after the if she beats grasso still pretty good like 60 percent. i think there's a pretty good chance she just goes for it but that that would suck for grasso though yeah i think the more you talk about it the more you almost talk yourself into it yeah because it just makes so much sense because what else is there for her to accomplish like the only thing she can really add to her resume is winning that belt winning the 135 pound title like what else does she need to do if she beats Alexa grasso i mean there's still a a young crop of contenders on the way up, but it just seems that 
I don't think she wants to stick around and fight like six more times. I think she's got like three or four fights at most left in her, and I think she wants to accomplish that goal. She's not going to be able to fight Amanda Nunes for a third time, which I think at the end of the day, I'm okay with after watching those first two fights that they had. And it's just unfortunate that we're not going to get it, even though it seemed to be the fight that everybody wanted to see for the last two or three years during their runs. But congratulations to Amanda Nunes. Incredible career, incredible run. So we know what she's about to do. She's about to sit back and enjoy the retirement life. But Irene Aldana, AK, stepped into her first UFC title fight. This did not go well for her at all. She was hesitant. She was... She looked very nervous. She looked fired up when she got in there. But once the fight began, it was just a whole different ball game. She, I think she got credit for landing 41 significant strikes in the fight. And I would say that's probably much too high if we go back and count actually every strike she landed in the fight. Amanda Nunes broke the record for the most significant strikes and most strikes she's ever landed in a UFC fight. It's just a tough night at the office for Irene Aldana. But we are going to match make for her. She is one half of the main event. Where does she go after coming up pretty short in her first UFC title fight? Yeah, it, it, was, it was a tough night for Aldana. Great, great performance by Nunes. Probably one of the best versions of Nunes we've ever seen from a physical standpoint, from her, how, her technique... Uh, the mixing of the martial arts. I mean, listen, she she ran. She, she was dominating the striking early, mixing some grappling later. It was just a complete performance for the champs. So Aldana, tough as hell. You know, no shame in it. I'm sure she'll watch the tape though and be frustrated with you know um, with it's if the possibility she could have just presented a little more of an offensive challenge to Amanda uh, Nunes, but it's fine. Listen, we've been saying this division. There's not a lot of ways to go with it. I think uh, I'd like to see her fight. Uh, Ketlin Veda again. If Ketlin Veda beats Penny Kianzad, uh, they're fighting in London, I believe, July 22nd. And at the same time, if Kianzad beats uh, Veda, then don't worry about that rematch. Then you have Kianzad fight Aldana. But um, yeah, Aldana, I, I'd be very surprised if she was in consideration for the vacant title fight whenever that happens. Other than that, boy, Aldana's fought a lot of people in the top 10 already. So yeah, I'm going, I'm going winner here. I'm going, she should chill. You know, let her that her face rest. She took a lot of punches on Saturday. Wait to see what happens in London, and then have her team, uh, you know, try try and get the winner of that fight. So my suggestion for the Pena Pennington fight is that it should not be. It certainly shouldn't be a pay per view main event. You cannot do that. I wouldn't even. My suggestion is because there's so much hype behind this season. That's the main event of the Ultimate Fighter finale. Ooh. Like go back and do like. An Ultimate Fighter finale event. Do it in a smaller venue, whatever, however you want to do it. Like, don't do it at the Apex. It's like a mix in with the Fight Night card. Do like its own separate thing. That could be the main event. That the, the rivalry stemmed from tough. They were on one season. Dana White thought that those two were going to fight in the finals. It didn't come to fruition. And now all these years later, they could finally fight each other and do so for a title on the most hyped season of the show ever. I think that'd be a pretty cool idea. Mike, you are speaking my language. You are speaking my language. I love that you said Ultimate Fighter Finale. Because they stopped stopped calling these shows that. They're just like, oh, here's a UFC on ESPN show that happens to have the Ultimate Fighter Finale on it. I'm like, come on. Call it what? Hashtag Tough 30 Finale. Hashtag Tough 31 Finale. How dare they disrespect these once thrilling and honored uh, finale shows. I would love that. I think that's a tremendous idea. You're welcome, UFC. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. As far as Aldana goes, we mentioned her name already. Myra Bueno Silva is fighting Holly Holm July 15th. I'm going Aldana, Myra Bueno Silva, win or lose. I don't think they're going to oh. drop her too far. It's a fresh matchup. If Holm wins, Bueno Silva takes like a slight step back. And if Bueno Silva wins, she's probably going to have to wait for a title shot for a little while. So she's probably going to have to win one more. Give her Rene Aldana if she wins that. Give her the title fight. If Aldana beats Mara Buena Silva, there you go. Um, she, maybe she doesn't get a title fight, but at least she's back on track, and we can go from there. And again, there's just no division. There's this no division, division. This division sucks. I, I saw some people saying, oh, great. It's like, it's better now because now it's wide open. Like, no, it's not. It's worse. You know why it's worse? Because Amanda Nunes isn't fighting anymore. So it's all, by default, the division is worse. <laughs> how are you going to feel if Holly Holm, when, when Holly Holm fights for the title in 2024? Because she's going to. And it's going it. to happen. And wins it. I can't wait. Two times. Two oh times. My gosh. Two times. Let's go to Charles Oliveira, okay? Can the we? Can main we, event. please? The co-main event. We... There's a part of me that... Like, like Casey and I were talking about this on the People's Pre-Fight show. If the fight ended in the first round, there's going to be a, a small part of us that we're going to be disappointed because we wanted to see this fight go as long as possible because it got built up for so long and we were all excited for it. This is the... In a lot of people's eyes, this is what they considered the main event. This is what all their attention was on. But ultimately, I think this fight was perfect because we got to see, as you like to say, the mixing of the martial arts. We got to see them banging out on the feet. We got to see them like on the ground for like almost two minutes, just doing all these different things, a bunch of scrambles. And in the end, we got a first round finish. Charles freaking Oliveira does it again, knocks out Benil Dariush, just the viciousness of his striking is incredible. And guess what, AK? UFC president Dana White did not pull the, we don't make fights after the fight. No, we're going to have the matchmaking meeting on Tuesday. No, we're going to do this or that. He said, look, I'm not going to play games. This is the fight that should happen. This rematch needs to be made, and I can't wait to see it. So there's no friends forever here. It, it appears we're going to get Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira too. In Abu Dhabi in October. Your thoughts, and this has to be the, the, the unanimous pick, correct? Yeah, that's the way to go, man. Uh, Charles, first of all, congrats. Breaking the Canada curse. I swear, I don't. we weren't putting the, <laughs> the bad juju on him. I, I don't know why he couldn't win up in Canada. Uh, this is three of those fights, I think, were at featherweight, or at least in scheduled featherweight bouts. So really lightweight, Charles, I think, was only 0-1 in Canada. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it was you, you encapsulated the fight perfectly. That's as good as like a one-round fight can get. 
they both guys there's more action in that fight than you see in a lot of three round fights these days that like you know listless fights that have at the apex so can't ask for more Darius I thought had the right game plan except for maybe brawling probably brawling a bit too much we've seen him he likes to do that and it's worked for him in a lot of fights don't get me wrong Darius is tough as hell but not against a guy I think of the level of like the finishing power of Charles so you, you, he kind of rolled the dice there and paid for it but I love that he was not afraid to play around in Charles's guard um, Del Bronx listen, had a great heel hook attempt, but Darius's grappling is friggin' awesome. So I was, I was very doubtful that he was going to get um, leg locked, but yeah, that was really fun to watch. I'm glad we got to see a little of that because both guys are just top shelf there. So Darius, it wasn't his day, um, but uh, hopefully, hopefully, and we talked about this a lot in the lead up to the fight. This does not remove Darius from, you know, title contention forever, but it does suck to see that eight fight win streak snapped and. I don't know. Maybe he needs to win 10 fights in a row now. I don't know. Um, I, I've said I don't think the window is as close as people think, but I know a lot of people are feeling uh, pretty down for uh, Darius this morning. Yeah. But he's got to go somewhere, AK. He's got to go somewhere. We are going to match make for him because this was such an important fight. And obviously, you feel bad for Benny. This is a fight he didn't have to take. He shouldn't have had to have taken, but here we are. And... Now and and I am the gloom and doom when it comes to to, to Benil Darius. I don't think he's ever getting to a title fight. There is, I would say, like out of a one to ten scale, I'd give it like a one point five. I'm not gonna say zero because you never know. Maybe there's a lightweight title fight on the books, and the challenger has to pull out like ten days before the fight, and Benil Darius raises his hand. Like we get like a Michael Bisbing substitution type thing where he steps in and gets his chance, but other than that, I don't even think 10 wins in a row is going to get him there at this point. So, where is Benil Dariush going to go from here? Who do you think he's going to have to fight? Will they give him a top five guy? He's going to have to fight way back against one of these young and hungry whippersnappers at 155. What's next for Benil? Listen, Mike, he's he's at least on the short notice call list, right? He's right near the top of that short notice call list. That's not a terrible place to be. Um, it just means a lot of. It doesn't mean he doesn't have uh, control over his fate. I think we can we can put it that way if we want if we want to put it nicely. Uh, I like the chances of him fighting Michael Chandler, win, lose, or draw versus McGregor. Lose, I mean, Ooh. definitely. If Michael Chandler loses to Conor McGregor, I would be very surprised if they didn't make Darius versus Michael Chandler. But even if he wins, even if he wins, I'm not convinced that he gets the same. We've all said if Conor McGregor beats Chandler, he probably gets a title shot at 170 or 155, whichever one he wants. He's freaking Conor McGregor, I understand. I don't know if Chandler quite gets that um, benefit. Yes, they're very happy to throw him in high-profile fights. Yes, he's already gotten one shot at uh, at a title, uh, a vacant title when he fought Charles. So it's possible if he like KO'd McGregor that they just launch him right into a title fight with Islam very possible or or the winner of Islam Charles whatever whatever however you want to phrase it but i i would there's going to be a lot of time i think between Chandler's fight well, again the fight isn't even scheduled yet when that fight happens and when you know we see another lightweight title fight so i think Chandler should stay busy and i think he'd have to fight Darius and now if Darius loses that fight then we're talking boy he probably does not get that uh, title fight call again but if he went over Chandler right back in there so i i re- and i just think again another banger at 155 incredibly an awesome fight so, as of right this second, even if Chandler doesn't fight Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler is like number three or four on the list of phone calls. He's before <laughs> Benil Dariush. Uh, There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. 
And like if for some reason Charles Oliveira has like a a nagging injury coming out of this fight and he can't fight in October, Michael Chandler's the first phone call they're gonna make. Before even before he fights Connor. Like they're just gonna throw him in there. There's no doubt in my mind. Like I know Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje are about to fight, but they're gonna beat the hell out of each other, and there's no way either of those guys are gonna be able to turn around and fight Islam Makachev. So Benil Darius and Michael Chandler will be fun, but that is not what is what that is not what is going to happen because we are waiting for these lightweights that are on the come up to get their opportunities to fight guys who have been in big opportunities and big situations. And it's got to start with a certain fighter. It started already. Matush Gamrot got the opportunity to fight Benil Dariush. And I kind of think this is the direction that Benil Dariush's career at 155 is about to go. He's about to just fight all these young murderer lightweights. And it's going to begin with a guy who's fighting... Six days as we record. Armin Sarukian is getting ready to fight Joaquin Silva. I fully expect Armin Sarukian to win that fight. And then he will be rewarded with a fight, maybe by the end of the year, against Benil Dariush. Sarukian is going to get his chance. The number eight, as of right now, the number eight ranked lightweight in the world. He's probably going to go out there and dominate Joaquin Silva. Maybe get a finish. At worst, it's going to be like a 30-27. And then he's going to go fight Benny Darius at the end of the year. So, Sarukian is my pick, AK. I had I had definitely thought about Sarukian. Um Man, that is a tough. It just it's just not an easy life for Benil Darius. There is no there is no easy next fight for him, right? If he has any hopes of staying in the title picture, it's going to be something God, just another challenge just to climb over. It really sucks that he hasn't fought for the title yet, that he like as you said, it seems highly unlikely he will fight for the title. At the same time, the cards almost the cards never really quite fell in the right way for him, did they? The the the, the after Makachev won, that was really the best chance, right? And then Volkanovski presents this tantalizing challenger, and again, they really had no choice. The UFC had to put that fight together. I don't blame the UFC at all for making Volkanovski versus uh, Makachev. Oh boy, Darius just the odd. He just shouldn't have had to fight Charles. I think that's what we're all agree on, but. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd love to see him fight Surukian. I think it's a real test for him, too. I know Surukian would be a huge favorite going to that fight, but that's a big, big, big step up. Um, I know uh, Surukian's already fought Islam, you know, and it looked fine, did not look out of out of his element at all. But uh, I think Darius brings a different kind of challenge to him. So I'm totally down for that matchup, Mike. I like that. And I'm not here to pile on Benil Darius, but kids... If you're going to get into this MMA thing, if you're going to make it to the UFC, you're going to fight at 155 and find success. If you get in a pay-per-view spot and you fight a guy who's ranked really highly and most people feel like if you win this fight, you have done enough to get a title shot, don't ever go on the microphone and say, I will fight 10 more times before getting a title shot. You call for the title shot. You don't have to be a dick about it, but just ask for it. And if you had just done that to begin with, Benil Darius, I really do feel like your fate would have been different. If you had just gone out there and said, before the whole Volkanovski thing happened, if you had just said, hey, Islam, Habib is a man of his word. I think you're a man of your word. Nothing but respect. It's just, If you win this fight, you already said you were giving me the title shot. You and me, my man. I wish you all the best. I hope you win, but I'm hoping for just a great fight. I wish you all the best. But if you win Islam, it's you and I next. If he had just done that, He's getting the like he's getting a title fight. He's already on the marquee to fight in Abu Dhabi. But instead, no, I'll fight ten more times, whatever the UFC wants me to do. And he shot himself in the foot. 
You gotta. Be, I'm telling you, like most people feel like the call out is not as is not as important. That mic time is not as important. It is very important. It is very important. It is imperative that you make that moment count. And now, like it's worked out for Bilal Muhammad. He just keeps winning. But I still am not convinced he's getting a title shot. It's just a tough road for Benil Darius. I respect the hell out of that guy. And he deserves all the credit in the world for even taking this fight and, and getting in there. And I, I will always have immense respect for Benil Darius. But this is prize fighting. This is the UFC. And if you want to get a title shot, you got to have it all. You got to have it all. And you got to make it count. You're not fake by calling for a title shot. You're not not being yourself by asking for a title shot. Just don't be fake about it. Don't be like, you took everything I worked for, MFR. I want your ass, Islam. No, just be respectful about it. Just call for it. Just put it out into the universe and you can get these things. But if you don't put it out into the universe, you're not going to get it. Closed mouths like, don't get fed, AK. Mike, I like how you brought up probably two of the, like one of the, one of the worst and one of the best examples of using your post mic time because the t- I'm, I'll fight 10 times, you know, 10 more opponents before you get a tell shot. One of the worst lines ever. I'm not, I'm not saying the whole, I don't remember the rest of the promo, what, but that single line, one of the worst lines, most disastrous lines I've ever heard. Just does nothing for you. I, I do, like it. Does I don't think it made any fans like love him more. I don't think there was any like like oh man, Darius, this is my guy, man. I gotta I gotta you know I gotta uh, follow this guy now on social media. I gotta I'm, I'm a I'm a Darius fan for life because he said this. It was almost universal derision, and like someone, why did they not cut his mic and save him from himself? And then you bring up the Diaz example, which is the number like I think maybe the number one example all time of of calling your shot. Um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't call out Conor McGregor in that moment and do it in his such an incredible Diaz way, there's a very good chance he's not the guy who gets called to replace um, Dos Anjos when that, like he there's, he was at the top of that list because people remember like oh my god oh like Dos Anjos is out like oh man and then they heard about Diaz like this is crazy and then resulted in two of the biggest pay per view buys in UFC history. Diaz legitimately becoming a crossover star, one of the few crossover stars in MMA. Uh, and I'm not, again, like you said, not everyone could be Nate Diaz and cut a promo like that, but you could certainly do just a little better. You could certainly do a little better and not completely nerf your chances of, of getting the next title shot. So there you go. There's, it matters. These these post, these mic moments really, really, really matter. They really do. Like they it was just to. a collect. It was a universal groan in the MMA community. Even Islam and Habib in the back getting ready to fight Charles Oliveira, they were groaning like, well, I guess we're calling out Volkanovski now because we have nothing. We have nothing to promote in upcoming fights, so we're going to have to do everything and make our fight happen. But feel bad for Benil, but it's the UFC. It's fighting, and this is the Cadillac division. This is why. Yep. He'll He'll be back, and he will still make a fine living, and he's a dad, and he's a family man, and I think... Life is still very good for Benil Darius. She's got a lot of great things. It's not, life is not just fighting for him. He has a lot of other great things happening for him. So I think this is just all in all a bump in the road. It was the complete opposite of a night for proper Mike Malott, AK. Yeah. We thought that this could be a potential star-making night for him being in Canada. We didn't expect a him fighting against Adam Fugit in a fight that was stylistically perfect for him didn't expect him being the sixth leg of a of an undefeated night for canada coming in he's five canada's five and oh he gets to close the show and boy did he ever knocks out knocks down adam fugit jumps the gilly nasty tight gets the tap 
Fans go absolutely bananas. Cuts a great promo afterwards. A-plus night from Mike Mallott. I think they have something with this guy. I don't know how great or how good he's going to be overall, but I think Mike Mallott's going to be a guy that anytime they go to Canada, Mike should be fighting on the card, 1,000%. I think they're going to build him to be a potential face. Maybe not like, he may not be GSP part two, but I think he's going to be a potential face of Canadian MMA, at least for the company, the more they go back there. And I think he has he has it all. He has the potential to be a to be a star for the UFC. So after this big win, what are we gonna do here? How how big of a push do you want to give him? What sorts of matchups are you looking at? What did the what was the one that that you ultimately landed on? Uh, for a few things, I'm I'm so sad that I didn't bet on all five Canadian fighters and Deanna Belvita because how when am I gonna get the opportunity to do this again? Like again, I, I don't gamble in MMA in general, but like if I. And I was looking at my picks. I'm like, the only Canadian I picked against was uh, Jasmine Yasadavishis. And Jasmine, if you're out there, I apologize. I keep doubting you. And that was a phenomenal performance. We might talk about her more later. I could have, I could have won some serious money if I had just gone with my heart and and believed in my fellow Canadians. Uh, I believe I picked all the others to win. Even yeah, Kyle Nelson, who I think was a, was an underdog. Um, and Mike Malat Mania sweeping the nation. I have not seen. Listen, uh, fans are literally clamoring over the rail. They are breaking down railings to try and touch Mike Malat. Uh, that was very shocking to see. He he said afterwards that he only kind of realized that the railing had collapsed behind him as the the sounds of some forty one's fat lip were playing, and he made his entrance. But that would have been an all time freak injury if if. The God forbid the railing or a human a human body had fallen on him, and he just tweaked his ankle and was not able to compete. I the, I don't know that would have been so insane. But Mike Malatmani is a real thing. Listen, he's a fight finisher. The UFC loves that. Pretty sharp looking guy, I think. If I if I if I may uh, say so myself, pretty sharp looking guy. Comfortable in front of the mic. Delivered in a very big spot in his home country. The UFC loves to see that. They love that. That makes you a star. A star in their eyes. So. Um, yeah, great performance. Uh, this is where you start to have a little fun because I think I think with Aldana Oliveira, Darius, and the whole uh, vacant bantamweight title picture, it was not like too many options. With Malat, it's wide open. How high do you want to go, Mike? I settled on. I don't want to go too crazy, but some of the names that are a little bit closer, sort of like on the fringes of the top thirty, where I'd like them to go, are already booked. Uh, and I did end up going there, so I'm going. Because I thought, oh, like Nicholas Dalby or Muslim Salikov would be perfect, and they're fighting each other. They're fighting each other the next weekend, so it's a. It, I think it's a huge step up. But Malat is like weirdly experienced. He's not. He kind of started his career a long time ago, and there was a hiatus, and and now he's you know now he's fully into it. Muslim Salikov, Nicholas Dalby winner, uh, June seventeenth for for Mike Malat next. But there's so many ways you could go. I'm I'm intrigued as to to what you went with, Mike. The man is booked that I'm choosing. He's booked for a fight in July. And win or lose, I'm going with this. Because I, I, I want to give him, not necessarily like a big step up, but I want to give him a more relevant name, an exciting guy, and a fight that if people see this on a fight poster, they're going to be like, ooh, this is going to be fun. And chances are it will be fun. And chances are this one ain't going to the scorecard. So... My selection is a man who is fighting Mahmoud Muradov on July 22nd. Win or lose, Mike Malott versus Bam Bam, Brian Barberena, AK. That's what I'm going with. Mock, I did. Why did I feel like I didn't even know this fight was happening? Muradov is uh, coming down from 185. Is that right? 
I believe so. Am I crazy? Yeah. Wow. I totally forgot this fight was happening. Wow. Bam Bam or Muradov versus... Just Bam Mike Bam. Malone. Not Muradov. Oh, just Bam Bam. This is a win-lose draw. Just Bam Bam. Win-lose or draw, he fights Brian Barberina next. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the booking now. This is... Is this is this fight at or is Brian Barberina going up to 185 for just to just to do it? I'm seeing on top of 185. I don't remember. I honestly I don't remember this fight being booked. I'm, I think we wrote it up on MMAfighting.com, but I honestly don't remember the circumstances around it. Uh, I guess it's a middleweight fight. Either way, I assume Brian Barberina is not staying at 185. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Win, loser, draw. Brian Barberina, Mike Malott. I'm trying to see where I have... I have Barbarina in the top 25 of my UFC rankings. That'd be nice. That'd be, that'd be a nice way to get Mike Malad in there. And I think Mike would be favored. I think Mike would be like, by the time Fight Night rolled around, like, minus 150. I think it'd be a solid minus 150, which is... I don't know. People might think sounds low, given how much steam he has. But we're also talking about a guy with three UFC fights versus a guy with, like, almost 20 UFC fights. So I think minus 150 would be pretty respectable for, for Malad if that's, uh, that's how it shook out. Yeah, uh, it's even put it in the ESPN Fight Center as a middleweight fight, but maybe it's okay. just like Brian's just like, okay, I'll fight. I want to fight, but I don't want to cut weight. I don't want to cut weight. You know what? I feel like uh, I'll go, I'll, <laughs> eat, eat, eating healthier for this fight. Yeah, he's not sticking around. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you know what? I'll, I'll go to London again. I cut weight on short notice to fight yeah. Gunnar Nelson the last time. Like, I'll go back to London, but I'm just gonna be a fat kid and not cut weight this so is, this is, I'll brian, do this is like brian kelleher during the COVID era he's just like why am i yeah. why am i cutting down to 135 why I, i'm gonna find guys who want to fight other bantamweights who want to fight at 145 let's just do that until this craziness sorts itself out you know why does it matter well what are we doing like why so brian brian, brian barbarine is smart he's a smart guy yeah it's good good pick nice win for danny gay beats yes. nate landwehr fun fight nate did his best but it was a rain and ended up being a, like a boxing match, and Danny is going to win that fight every single time. If the if, if that's the kind of fight that that happens, Nate is going. Uh, Danny Gay is going to win a hundred percent of the time. And Nate had his moments, and he was fun, and he was game, and he was tough as hell. Dan was was landing big on him. He dropped him a couple of times, but Nate just tough as hell and was able to. To go the full 15, I scored a 30-27 for Danny Gay. I, I think only one judge scored it that way. I think two gave it 29-28. By the way, the right guy won. Danny Gay is in a very interesting spot, AK, because I like there's the the gatekeeper thing gets thrown around a lot. And I do think there are certain fighters in certain divisions who can be categorized as gatekeepers. But I feel like Danny Gay is more of the litmus test at 145, more so than a gatekeeper. I compared him not to like a Neil Magny at 170, but more of what like Rafael Asunsa was for a long time at 135. Like if there's somebody on the come up, you chuck him in there with Rafael Asunsa and it's more of a test. Like, is this dude the real deal? Could he be a top five guy? Could he be a guy who potentially fights for a title? Let's throw him in there with, with Rafael Asunsa and find out. And I feel like that's what Danny Gay is at 145. So, but... He's already he's taken on all these guys and he was on the long losing streak and then he beats Damon Jackson who was on a nice run then he beats Nate Lamware who's on a nice run. He's already had to defend the ranking twice. So to me, he deserves a step up in competition. But as the the way most people view him as the litmus test, we can accomplish two things at once, AK. We can accomplish two things at once. We can litmus we can have a litmus test fight, but we could do it against a guy who is ranked higher than Danny Gay. So my pick is Danny Gay versus Giga Chikadze, okay? 
If any idea we thought about doing Giga versus Brian Ortega, scrap that altogether and let's do Danny Gay versus Giga Chikadze. Next fight night main event. Do it in Vegas. Do it at the Apex. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. Maybe September, October, sometime in the fall. Danny Gay, Giga Chikadze, five rounds. That's the next fight. Do I forget? Do we know what is taking Giga so? Because I feel like we've brought him up and on to the next one a lot. What is taking him so long to actually book a fight? Oh, he 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 said something like he's looking for fight and they haven't been giving him fights. Right? That's sort of his. That's he said that on social media. I think. Yeah, it, okay. it's. I don't know. Like, I, have no I don't idea. know if he's just like. The, the, he's been saying just a lot of things that just haven't been true. Right. Oh, the UFC wants me to fight this guy, and then they like totally don't do it. <laughs> And now he's saying, well, the UFC wants me to fight Brian Ortega, which to me makes absolutely zero sense to put that fight together yeah. because Giga was not competitive with Calvin Cater for a single second of that 25 minutes. Like Calvin beat the living hell out of him for 25 minutes. He does not deserve a Brian Ortega fight. And I know Brian's coming off of a of a tough ending and in in an injury and all that. I get it. And I even talked about this on the post-fight show. If you want to do Dan Ige versus Brian Ortega, like I'm actually more in on that idea than Giga getting that fight. Like yeah. I understand the rankings and Giga's number eight and going from you know three versus thirteen is you know it's a big jump, but I but I get it. But I'd rather see Dan Ige get that fight because he has defended his spot twice. He's fought a lot more since Giga fought Calvin Cater. Dan's been in there with everybody and. It's time to see if he can make a run here. Like, this is probably his last chance to make any kind of a push for a title. So, I would rather see Ige get the Ortega fight if it's between one of those two guys. But to me, let's just have him fight it out and the winner can fight Brian Ortega. So, Ige versus Giga is the fight to make for me. I love it. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, uh, Ige did mention Ortega as one of the names he was interested in, in fighting after. Uh, the other name he mentioned was Bryce Mitchell, and I still want to see that one. This this is this is a pick I've made on on the next one. I think earlier this year, I want to say when uh, the last time Danny Gay fought. Uh, of course, then Mitchell was booked to fight Avloyev, and uh, that fight fell through. So some people wanted to see that fight rebooked. I've kind of moved on from the Avloyev uh, Mitchell matchup for now. Not like I never want to see them fight. I just think like now I want Avloyev to get like a higher ranked guy. Uh, I actually have Ige slightly ahead of Mitchell in my rankings, so this wouldn't be like a great move for uh, for Danny Gay, excuse me. But he is behind, we'll see what the rankings look like on Tuesday. He is behind Bryce, uh, Bryce Mitchell on the UFC's official rankings. So if he's looking at those, him and his management are looking at those, they could see that as a logical flag. And maybe that is why he's one of the names that Ige, um, that uh, was mentioned at Ige's post-fight press conference. So I'm still cool with that. I still want to see that fight. Um this this falls sort of in between what you said, Mike. It's not ne- really a litmus test, not really a gatekeeping. They're actually kind of around the same like position right now, but I just think it'd be a really fun fight. And uh, and again, it's something Ige wants. It's something Ige wants, and he feels will like you know maybe boost him towards like a top seven or eight opponent. And he might he might be right. That might that might be the win he needs uh, if he can pull that off. So yeah, I'm still I'm still on the Ige Mitchell train. I still like would like to see that one happen. I'd be fine with that fight. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I feel like. I feel like style. I would probably pick Ige to win at this point. Mm-hmm. I know Bryce is I. still very good, and I don't want to take the Taporia loss as like, well, this is who Bryce Mitchell is forever. But I, I feel like Dan would probably win that. I would favor him to win that fight um, for the same reasons I would. I picked him against Damon Jackson for the same reasons I picked him com- comfortably against uh, against Nate Land. Where I feel like it'd be a very similar thing. Experience matters in the sport, not just getting in there and fighting, but the quality of competition I think is so important. And this would obviously be good for Bryce, but. 
I do feel like they're going to go to the Bryce Mitchell, Mavzar Vloyev. Well, they're going to try it one more time and see if they can put it together. They're mm. kind of circling each other. I They're taught each other on social. So I do think they're going to end up going in that direction, but we shall see. But AK, the main card kicked off with the fight that we called, maybe it's the middle, the, to crown the new middleweightiest middleweight champion. And it turned out, of the 11 fights, this is the fight of the night, AK. Marc-Andre Berriot. 50 Gs. And Eric Anders went out there and had a hockey fight. They had a hockey fight they in really Vancouver did. for most of it. <laughs> they really it did. It was great. It was very it fun. It was a fun fight. <laughs> but in the end, the uh, the no-bets barred chat GPT vet cashes again. Marc-Andre Berriot wins a dominant decision against Eric Anders. And the Vancouver crowd was very happy to see Power Bar get his hand raised. So... What do we do at 185 for the number one or number two contender for the middleweightiest middleweight title? Who knows? Maybe he's not even in the running anymore after that fight. No, no. I, I think he still is. That was that was the perfect middleweighty <laughs> middleweight fight. I, I know we sometimes use middleweighty middleweight in a derogatory way, but this was perfect. This was like – because it, it was a fun fight. I'm glad they got to 50 Gs. It probably was the most entertaining back-and-forth fight of the night. I mean, I know it was 30-27 uh, um, uh, Barrio, but – uh, it was there, Anders had his moments. Anders was at least like sort of coming forward the whole time. It, it was the, it takes two to to tangle sort of thing, and he was coming in for uh, for a lot and engaging. And uh, you know, Bakayo was just sharper than him, and um, that's why he, he won also on all three cards. But Anders did not. Uh, I don't think he embarrassed himself in any way. I thought I thought he had a lot of great moments of offense, and you know, and again, made it an exciting fight, and and it helped to. It was a well deserved both guys getting uh, getting that bonus check. Um, but it's also a middleweighty fight because. I don't know how much I, I'm glad you described it as a hockey fight because I was because I don't know other than that aspect of it how much of this fight we will remember by the end of the year. Like I don't think this is making anyone's top five list. Uh, that doesn't make it a bad fight. I'm just saying it's kind of funny that it's a fight of the night winner, and I will not consider it uh, in, probably in the top ten for fights of the year when uh, when all is said and done. And also, if you took other than the knockdown by uh, Power Bar in round one, if you took any moment from the fight. And like didn't show the time and didn't show the round. You would have no idea uh, what part of the fight you were watching because so it, it was just so consistent in its in its action. Yeah, you know, like I say, it was just a lot a lot of in close fighting, a lot of Anders coming forward, a lot of Bakayo trying to counter. So fun fight, fun fight, but perfect middleweight bout lived up to it. And we talked about Charles Oliveira breaking the Canadian curse. Uh, Power Bar, by the way, had not won in Canada since signing with the UFC. Former two division champion in in uh, you know Quebec's TKO promotion, very high expectations coming in. His first two fights were in Canada, and he lost decisions in both of them. And then uh, has not had not fought in Canada since until uh, Saturday. And there you go, gets that much needed win. So good for him. The bad news is, Mike, I I don't know if they see him as a legitimate contender or just someone that they can always put on main cards when they come to Canada, which is fine. Not a bad way to live. Like we said, that may, that may be Mike Malott's future someday, right? Just high, high placement on cards when they visit Canada, uh, occasionally getting a ranked opponent, but maybe not viewed as a true contender. I was going up the list to see how far we could push Marc-Andre up. A lot of people are booked. A few guys he's already fought. I think they might use him to build up one Joe Pfeiffer. And and I'm not even saying that's necessarily like a fight. And that's not a fight that uh, Bakayoko can't win, but that would definitely be looked at as Joe Pfeiffer is the A-side, getting a name against a tough guy for his third UFC fight before Joe Pfeiffer, you know, gets a top 15 opponent. Um, I'm viewing it as a matchmaker. I'm trying to be objective here. 
I think there's a good possibility that fight happens. I like the idea. I thought about this that as well. Uh, I forget who I suggested for Joe Pfeiffer before, but Joe Pfeiffer posted something uh, four days ago. Getting it looks like a surgery. He's in a hospital bed. He's flipping oh. the bird, and it said, "Here we are again, getting some <laughs> injuries fixed up, and we'll be back, big dogs. Can't stop, won't stop." So I don't know how long he's going to be out for. So I ultimately did not go that route. What I did do, AK, was I don't know if it's a last chance here, but I think we're getting very close, and I feel like this is a good matchup where this particular fighter could get a win, but if he doesn't, it could be pretty bad. I'm going Mark andre Barrio versus Edmund Shabazian. Oh, that's the fight I'm going with. That's AK. very good. Yeah, I think I, I think we have to go here. Because we can't we did the we gave Edmund No, I and I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but from a skill set wise perspective, Dolce Langambula is it's very easy to prepare for. Like, mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get. You're getting a guy who's going to try to take your head off. And for a guy as technical on the feet as Edmund Shabazian, that is a tailor-made, let's get him back on track matchup. So the UFC has already given him that favor. Then they throw him in there with Anthony Hernandez, and he just gets run over. Terrible. Had his moments, but gets run over. Hated that matchup. This is this is right in the middle. This is right in the middle of that. It's a fight that Edmund could win. I think it's a fight that people are going to pick him to win. But it's a fight that Mark andre Barrow can play spoiler as well. And if he does do that, I think we have to take a look at him in Shabazi and be like, look, not saying you can't ever be back, but we got to take a break. It's the Ross and Rachel. Ross and Rachel ultimately got back together on the last episode of Friends. But they took a break and they took a long one. And that could be kind of where Edmund Shabazian and the UFC's relationship goes if he can't beat Mark andre Barrio. So I'm, I'm going with that, AK. Yeah, that's good. And I actually have... It's going to sound weird. I actually have... Well, I shouldn't sound weird. Edmund has more experience. Actually has some some big wins before going on this uh, slump. Uh, I actually have Edmund ranked above Joe Pfeiffer. So, uh, yeah. If 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 Either way, Marc-Andre gets either of those matchups. Like I said, Pfeiffer, we don't know because uh, could be injured. He maybe moves in the top 20, but um, yeah, he'd be the, I think he's definitely an underdog against Joe Pfeiffer. I think he'd be the underdog against Edmund as well. I do think, even though Edmund, I think people know Edmund, when he's in a matchup against someone that's not a dominant grappler, has at least a pretty good chance of winning. He's He's got great finishing power on the feet, good striker. Um, not, not to say that Marc-Andre cannot grapple, but he's not of the level like an Anthony Hernandez or some of these other guys that have uh, have really put it on Shabazzian on the ground. So, yeah, I think you do end up with a stand-up fight. And if you're Shabazzian's team, that's all you can hope for, I think, at this stage uh, for his next matchup. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, let's head to the wildcard round, AK. Nice tight 11 fights. Like, pay-per-views, I think, should now be 11 fights because that was enjoyable. We got two, two in the first prelims, four in the second prelim. Like, it was perfect. Started at 7 p.m., I, at no point did I feel like, oh, I've been watching fights forever. It, it was nice. Like, 11 was a perfect number for a pay-per-view, especially one of this caliber 
where it had the potential to be fun, but it just wasn't not a ton of star power on it. Not mm. a ton of people were going to shell out 80 bucks for it. And I get that, but let's choose a fighter. We have not match made for yet and match make for them right now. I gave away my wild card pick on the post fight show. I did not I'll see it. Re- so I'm not cheating. I'll here reveal it same. again. Okay. I'll reveal it again here, but uh, what is yours? AK? Did we both go with Jasmine Yasudavish's? Yes. Okay. We're halfway there. Like we're halfway to a. <laughs> I feel like you didn't I, go with my. I'm not. Let's not do the countdown thing. Let's not embarrass ourselves because I'm pretty sure we did not have the same pick. I went really high in the rankings. Did you? Did you also go high in the uh, rankings? All right. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. It's like a game of guess who. Okay. Okay. Did you pick a fighter who is booked to fight already? Oh no, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think she's. I'd let, okay, let, good. let me All double right. check. We're, we're not gonna. We're not gonna pick the same person then. You did pick. You did pick someone who's already booked to fight. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. No. 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 Uh, no. This fighter has not fought since January. Uh, she suffered a tough loss. She's tough as hell. She's in the top. Where am I? Look at my own. She's in the top. Firmly in the top ten. Number six in my. Uh, UFC flyweight rankings. I huh. think I think uh, Yastov just can get a fight with Lauren Murphy. Oh I damn! I would have loved to have seen that call out. Um, it's probably just not on her team's mind right now because again she's pretty far back in the rankings. But that's two straight wins now, three out of four. Her one loss was to Natalia Silva. Uh, Natalia Silva obviously looks like a world title contender, so there's no shame in that. This win over Miranda Maverick really opened my eyes. Again, I had picked Maverick to win. I picked this fight as my most sort of like uh, my low key banger. Um, and I'm not. And, and it won. It was a pretty. I thought it was a pretty exciting fight. And two, it it was exactly what I what I was hoping for as far as is this fight illustrative of where their two careers will go? Because don't count out Miranda Maverick. We say this all the time. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Sorry. We say this all the time. Don't count her out. She's young. But this was a bit of a tough watch um, because she looked, she really looked out of sorts. We did find out after, I believe she posted social media that she had uh, some sort of injury to her eye, I think. I think she said she could, she could barely see. So I don't know if there was a broken orbital or something like that. So um, there was a lot, listen, uh, uh, Jasmine really did a lot of damage, you know, hurt her in the first round. And I guess that might affect her first to fight. So don't know what the deal is. Don't count up Miranda Maverick. But definitely count in uh, Jasmine Yasudavishis because that was a great performance against someone that she was pretty, uh, she was an underdog against. And uh, I think she can get Lauren Murphy. I think that'd be a great next fight for her. Interesting. What? Well, that's that's a good pick. I'm going with a fighter that's not ranked, though, AK. Hmm. I'm going with a fighter that's not ranked um, because I, I think they have something here with her. I think they have something here with her. And I feel like they need to get her like this is a, this is an impressive performance. Um, but as we kind of heard on like heck of a morning and stuff, which was kind of surprising, but and maybe it's unfair. A lot of people are jumping off the Miranda Maverick train like this win. I don't think is going to age as well. Like it, I think we're going to remember the performance, but I don't think at the I don't think this win is going to age all that gracefully, like all in all. Which seems weird to say about a 25-year-old opponent who we were very high on just a few fights back. So we need something to like really get her over. And to me, this will be an obviously a favorable matchup as well. And it's one that's going to put the spotlight 
on Jasmine Jazavizius, much like it did for a fighter who is at worst a win away from fighting for a world title and someone who I feel is going to be a world champion for a very long time. And it started with matchmaking against this particular fighter to put the spotlight on her and she treated this person accordingly, absolutely dominated her, and is in this great position right now. I know she is booked right now. She's booked on July 22nd against Julia Stoliarenko in a matchup that makes no sense to me for the weight class since Julia Stoliarenko has literally collapsed on a scale fighting at 135. Now they're making her cut to 125. I don't understand this. But I do feel very confident that the matchmakers know what they're doing here. The fight to make is... And I said this after Jasmine's last win and I said this after this fighter's most recent performance. The correct answer is Jasmine Jasavizius versus Molly McCann. That is the fight. Let's do those two. I think Molly's going to beat Julia Stoliaranko. I don't want to wait for London. I don't think Jasmine Jasavizius is going to be mad about this at all. I certainly don't think Molly McCann will be mad at this at all. We do it in MSG in November. Jasmine Jastavizius versus Molly McCann. Let's make it happen. Uh, first of all, you love you want to see another alliterative, bat- alliterative battle. They're always fun. JJ, another JJ, another MM, another MM, <laughs> another MM for uh, Jasmine Jastavizius. Why not? Um, uh, I'm trying to see here. What was the fight? did she collapse? That had to have been a 125 fight. That uh, no, she- it was before the Julia Avila fight, and they canceled it the day before. And Julia had to go home. Oh, God. and then they fought like three months later, and Julia tapped her. Oh God, that was a that was a terrible uh, <laughs> that was a terrible moment. Yeah, she should not be fighting at one twenty five. Her last no. fight was a, was a was a catchweight bout, one forty. Yes, at one forty. <laughs> <laughs> is the London? There's a London fight. It's a London fight. All right, all right. This is the op- This is the complete opposite of what Brian Barberina is doing on that London card. They couldn't have made this a one thirty-five pound fight. Like, just screw it. Like, who cares? We just want to get Molly a fight. Why does it need to be a flyweight fight? Why? Just let Molly. I don't understand. Not that. cut weight and fight at one thirty-five. This is bad. Yeah. This is bad. You know what? Hey, Julius Tolerenko, prove us wrong. Show us you can make one twenty-five. That is. Uh, this seems ill-fated. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I like. I, I like it. I, I would love to see uh, uh, Jasmine fight at Molly McCann. Um, within the next like nine months, I think that'd be awesome. The Lauren Murphy idea is very intriguing, though. I wonder. I wish she called for it. I wish she had a name and she called for it. Yeah, she's just she's not that type of fighter. Mm. She's not that type of fighter. I wish she called for Molly after the last win, but that would be good too. I mean, use that mic this time. Fight, you have to you have to make it now. Like this is it. You have to make this fight now. Molly McCann beat Julia Solarenko. Like, you have to make it now. If you don't make it now, it's never going to happen. So if Jasmine gets too high and gets too hot, they're not going to make this fight. So let's just do it now. And I dig it. So there you go. There's there's the wild card pick. We'll get to some listener picks. We got about... We don't have a ton of time. I do have a, to catch a plane in a little bit, so we'll, we'll rifle through some of these. Do you want to give a quick disclaimer, AK? I don't know if people sent in for uh, uh, for Otno points. We can I, always... I, I would rather... Uh, there's a ton of list of picks. I don't know if we really get to them all. I would rather also shout out a couple of people. Just a quick... So couple, a couple of check the tapes, Mike. Uh, Brad Severin okay. uh, from, I think, believe from Alberta, said... Uh, we were we were talking on on the previous show. Who was the... Uh, the way and someone was asking, who was the most northernmost Canadian fighter? Uh, and I'm terrible at geography, but uh, Brad says it is Tanner Bozer, who is from Bonneville, Alberta, which is just north of Edmonton. So, uh, yeah, could be, could be. Uh, that sounds right to me. Thank you, Brad. And Tom Futcher 
This is a follow-up to BTL, Mike. Uh, we had a lot of talk about the number two promotion, and I'm so mad I didn't think of this line. Uh, Tom said, if 1FC changed his name to 2FC, would that settle, <laughs> would that settle the debate of who was the number two is promotion? And I'm like, how did we never, how have we never said that? How have we never said it's that? Right it's right there. It's right there. Wow. Um, anyway. He gets, an, he gets I'm, I'm giving him a half of the not no He point. should. He should. For this message. I, I want to give him credit because we are going to use that joke again in the future. So thank you, Tom. Uh, yes, just, I, just, I don't give the full disclaimer. Just people don't just don't, don't send us doo-doo. I just look up look up matchups. Look if they, they're already fighting. Look if, if someone's injured, pregnant, whatever. Please, before I send us your picks. All right, Mike, please. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. First timer kicking us off. Uh, message just coming in. Breaking news. Jason Colburn. Uh, first time submitting my picks for Otno. Please be kind. Belbita versus Sam Hughes. Sam Hughes just got booked. Like, literally just got booked. Yes, yes. This is not doo-doo. No. I mean, it just happened. Uh, Lupi Godinez, September 16th, I believe, that fight is happening on this uh, Mexican Independence Day card at the T-Mobile. Uh, but it literally just, we just confirmed this on Friday. So, not calling doo-doo. Jazz Devizius versus Andrea Lee. Not a bad, I, I like that one. Barrio versus Jun Young Park. Did they fight already? I I feel like they were booked. Like I I also thought about the fight, and I swear, I thought it. Or did happened. Eric Anders fight Jun Young? No, oh, Eric no, he, Anders fought. No, no, no. He did. They think they both did. I think they both did. So this is December 2019. But hey, listen, I'm not going to call it doo doo because I totally forgot this fight happened, and uh, <laughs> so I'll let, I'll let it slide. It's a first time or two. It's a first time rematch. Maybe it's a rematch. rematch. Maybe it's a rematch. Put a, two, Maybe. put a two next to it. Ige versus Billy Q. Like it. Mm-hmm. Billy Q is also booked, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Damon Listen. Jackson. I forget what date, but again, these are these are these are very new developments. Oliveira versus Islam. Yeah, and then maybe Sarukian with the win in his next fight. Okay, uh, Stephen Urseg, who made oh. a debut. What about this? AK? Okay? What do you him. think about this? Stephen Urseg versus Muhammad Mahayev. Oh wow. Uh, I like it. I because I think I've said I think I like it too. I think Makayev needs to do some a little bit of rehab, uh, uh, reputation wise, after that very tough fight um, against a, a completely unknown guy. So uh, yeah, let's see. Let's if he runs through Steve Versig, listen, hype back back on the hype train, Mike. Steven's gonna get in that man's face and make him fight aggressively. So I actually like that idea quite a bit. Drew, don't know if you're doing a live Otno, but here's some picks. Uh, what are the odds UFC folds 135 and 145 now that Amanda is gone? They're not going to fold 135. Charles versus Islam only because I don't think the winner of Justin Dustin won't be ready for an eight-week turnaround. Vol could throw a wrench in that if he demolishes Yair quickly. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Oliver's got to get the fight the way he did it, the way the, the reception he got in Canada, the reception he gets everywhere. He's a star. Like, he's a star. I think he's going to get the fight. Benny versus Armin if he wins next week. I'm with you there. Uh, Malat versus Alex Morono, AK. I actually like that idea. That's a tough matchup. That's a tough fight, though. That's, I think Morono beats him right now, so I don't want to see that. Ige versus Giga. Hopefully, he's good to come back in the fall. Mm-hmm. I like that. Again, we're on the same page. Power Bar versus the Kopilov Ribeiro winner. Wildcard Urseg versus Nascimento seems right. All right, we're getting some Urseg love. I, I appreciate we should that. Have gi- we should have given him more love. He won a he won a fight of the night bonus with a decision. That is very rare, and well deserved. Very rare. Let's see, Marcus. He's going Pena Pennington for the new title. 
All very mock chips, obvious. Mike Malott versus Santiago Ponzinibbio, AK. Maybe, again, maybe a little too much too soon, but I don't mind it. That'd be a great name for him to get. He's with you with Ige Bryce Mitchell, mm-hmm. and he likes Mark Andre Barriel versus Sherabutin Magomedov. Deep cut. Middle, I, I mid, middleweighty. Listen, let's keep the middleweighty middleweight train going. I love it. <laughs> That's super middleweighty. John Ray closes us out. Urseg versus Bruno Silva. That's fun. Oh, uh, uh, Pitbull. Right. That's fun. I was like Blindado. I'm like, I don't like that. Oh, right, right. Pitbull. Yeah. Oh, not Pitbull. What's the name? Pitbull. Yeah. What's it? Bulldog. 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 I'm sorry. Bulldog. Bulldog. Yes. Bulldog. But Pitbull actually would make sense. Not, not enough of those. Versus... Not enough of those, Mike. Not enough Pitbulls, I say. I, this is this is an interesting fight. I actually think this would be fun. I just don't know when this person is coming back. Jasmine Jazdavizius versus Tracy Cortez, AK. Yeah, I, that would have been my pick. If I had any idea of when Cortez was going to fight again, easily would have been my pick. Uh, but I just, yeah, the timetable is completely unknown. Mark andre Barrio versus Chidi and Jokuani. Now, I thought about this, and there was... I didn't end up going with it. And I'm trying to think, is Chidi... They also fought. Is Chidi booked? They fought. They fought. Oh, yeah, they did. That's why, because Chidi knocked him out in yeah, 16 seconds. That's so, doo-doo. Yeah, we that's don't need doo-doo. to see that fight. That is doo-doo. I'm that's sorry. Kinda that's kind of doo Sorry, John. Ige versus Alex Caceres. Don't hate that one. That's I, not like a... I think last week I saw a lot of people recommending that. I think after Caceres is... Yeah, that's not yeah, a bad I one. I saw a lot of people calling for that. How about Malat versus Carlson Harris? Sure. Yeah. Good. Again, is Harris booked? I don't know if he's booked, but I I I, I have him a bit lower than quite, I think quite a bit. I think Malat jumped over him with this win, but um, sure. Again, if you want to keep giving Malat again, sort of mid range challenges, I have no problem with it. Let him keep building up that reel. There's no there is like you and I have been a bit aggressive with our matchmaking for Malat today. There really shouldn't be a rush. I feel like I think he's what thirty one. There shouldn't be a huge he's yeah. It shouldn't be a huge rush to throw him up the rankings. If you if you can, great, but. Listen, he's a, he's a finisher. If you want to just let him keep racking up finishes, that'd be awesome. Uh, he also likes Badariush versus Sarukian after he wins next week and mm-hmm. then added Sorry Benny. <laughs> Aldana versus the Vieira Kianzad winner. Peña yeah. Pennington vacant title. And AK, this is music to your ears. John Ray is saying, don't fold the featherweight division, at least not yet. Not until we get Norma Dumont versus Josian Nunez for the vacant featherweight title. Mike, I keep women's featherweight rankings. Uh, I don't know if you know about this, and uh, there, uh, I did in, not in, know the, in, about a, this. in the UFC, there are seven, technically seven, and I'm counting Carol Hosa, who just went up for literally one 145 pound fight, is probably going back down to 135. So that's counting Carol Hosa. And right now, with Amanda Nunes gone, Josiane Nunes is the number one ranked featherweight. One, one out of seven. Way to go, Josiane. So, John Ray, you're not wrong. She deserves to fight for a title. Wow. Okay. AK, on to you, my man. That's all, right. all I got. I don't want to read all these out. Again, I, got, I actually have quite a few. Uh, our pal Tristan Gordet. I just want to ask you, Mike. Mike Malott, Joaquin Buckley? Mm, that's probably like as risky as I would go with the matchmaking, honestly. But yeah, I... I, I I could see them going there. Someone's getting KO'd. Or, or it's one of those fights they have so much respect for each other, we actually end up getting like a crappy 15-minute fight. But I'm intrigued. I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But I don't think I don't think Tristan's crazy for it. Casey Carpenter's with me on uh, Jasmine and Lauren Murphy. For I like that. Also, Power Barbers and Jaquani. People, did people not remember this fight happened? This was this one. This Chidi one. deaded him. He, 
He deaded him. It wasn't like... I mean, it wasn't that... It was last year. It was last year. Guys. It was 16 seconds. Guys. Dude. Aldana versus Holm 2 will be fine. No, it won't. I have no urge to ever see that fight again. Um, but, <laughs> uh, all right. But anyway, thank you, Casey. Okay. Uh, Instagram. Did you read out Marcus? Did you? Did Marcus send you? I can't remember if you read our pal Marcus of the... of the. Yes, yeah, I, got, got I read okay. Marcus. Crave Plumbing. Uh, Payne versus Payton. Vacant Belt. Shora, Chucky Alves versus Islam and Abu Dhabi. Yeah, there's really not a lot of ways to go with there. Darius versus Faziv in Abu Dhabi. Mm, maybe it seems like Fazeev and uh, and Gamrod are circling each other. Okay, so they might just go in that direction. But it just seems like it seems awful soon for Darius to fight after what just happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I think it was a winnable fight for Bakio and Malkoon because that's some sweet middleweight action right there. And I guess uh, Crave is from Australia. He says, he says, my boy Steve Ursay versus the former eternal flyweight champ here in the big land of Oz. Uh, oh, sorry. He is. Sorry. He's the former fly, eternal flyweight champion uh, versus Mateus Nicolau. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, he's keep up the work. Keep up the good work. Both you and Mike. I'll choke someone out in honor in your honor at training tomorrow. OK, well, you know, thank you. Uh, Zahabi versus Hani Yaya. Uh, Bakayo versus Phil Hawes. That hasn't happened, right? My, I'm, I feel like Mark Andre has fought everyone for some reason, but I don't think Phil Hawes is on that list. Yeah. I know. Oh, okay. We lost you. If you can only see what I'm looking at right now. What happened? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Oh, no. AK's laptop just died. Wait a second. There he is. Okay, hello, okay. Hello. Do we have okay. you? Yes, we yes, have okay, you. Okay, we're back. Okay, thank God. All right, let me. Uh, I'll pick yeah. up talking. I'll talk about uh, Charles Oliver, Chris Martin, Charles Oliver, Conor McGregor. Sorry, I my laptop. Uh, the battery. I didn't think it was that low. It it reset at like thirty percent. So okay, I have to keep an eye on that in the future. All right. Wow. I'm picking up. Yeah. So the reasoning. Uh, we're just we're just gonna keep this thing flowing. So yes. Uh, why? Give me the reason why. Because you were about to give the reason, and that's when it all froze. Okay. Okay. Uh, Charles Oliveira versus Conor McGregor. He says, uh, Chris writes, I got nothing for Chuck. That win deserves a teleshot, but do we really want to see the Islam rematch so soon? I think it's actually not a terrible matchup for McGregor since Oliveira doesn't typically go for the ground game immediately. Uh, I disagree. I think Chuck, uh, at this point, Charles Oliveira just disintegrates Conor McGregor. I, Mike, I don't know if you agree with that. I mean, I think it would be fun just watching them chuck mitts at each other. <laughs> the way Charles is thrown with absolute vicious intent. There's a part of me that wants to see it. I would pick Charles Oliveira very fast, but that'd be fun while it lasted. That'd be a chaotic fight. Uh, Bear Riley coming in with some fun sort of prelim fights here. Belbita Demopoulos, Steve Ursay, Alan Nascimento, Kyle Nelson, Diego Lopez. I like all those. Uh, Mike, what do you think of Jasmine and Karine Silva? Or do you want to keep them away from each other for now? Karina Silva, if you follow MMAfighting.com, great website. Uh, we reported that Karina Silva's next fight is already Oh, targeted. that's right. Uh, was... She's fighting Marina Morose in Boston, August 19th. Does Natalia Silva also... I was getting mixed up with Natalia. Natalia Silva doesn't have a fight booked, right? Natty Ice, Natty Ice does not have a fight right now. Damn. Okay. Jasmine versus, O'Reilly. And Jasmine already fought Natty Ice, so we can't do that. Jasmine. Oh, that's right. We were talking about her one loss in the UFC. Uh, Barry O'Reilly... Uh, also want to see Charlie Aulis versus Conor McGregor. I guess it would be fun. I shouldn't. I shouldn't crap on it too much. Tom Collins. So, uh, so does this mean we're giving Michael Chandler a title shot with the suggestion? 
I guess that's what they're implying. And again, based on uh, Michael Chandler's career in the UFC so far, probably not super surprising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thomas Collins, Ige Chikadze. Listen, people like it, right? People like it. And uh, run back Imavov Curtis. Yeah, we didn't even have time to talk about that. I I'm, I hope they do run that one back, Mike. They should. They, they should. should, right? There's no reason In Las not Vegas. To, right? Like, just do it in Vegas. It could be a fight. Look, there there have been far worse fight night main events over the last two years than Chris Curtis versus Nazardine Imavov. Do a five-rounder inside the apex. Give these guys a couple extra bucks. And let's see. Let's see if Chris Curtis is cursed Chris Curtis or I don't know. That fight was he's starting to really get good. Imovov had a great first round. It seemed like Curtis mm-hmm. was starting to cook a little bit. And yep. just another headbutt, man. Just crazy. First first guy to take uh to take Chris Curtis down in the UFC. That, that was yep. impressive. I was really, really impressed. Uh German likes uh is with you, Darius Sarukian. Make it happen if Armin wins his next fight, of course. And Ige versus Sadiq Yusuf. Uh, again, probably a step back ranking-wise for Ige. Uh, but I'd love to see Sadiq's uh, prediction for that fight. So I'm into that. Sadiq's not... Yeah, for uh, <laughs> him um, fighting his... Yeah, him predicting his own fight would be tremendous theater. Sadiq's not booked, is he? He hasn't fought know. in a minute, has he? No. When was his last fight? Going. Was, it the Don, was Don Shanus the last opponent? It could be October, right? It was thirty seconds, a thirty-second gilly. He hasn't fought since. That's Listen, wild. He's got a good thing going. His social media profile blowing up, man, blowing up with his uh, his can't miss one hundred percent picks. It's unbelievable. I love. I, I th- that is that is my favorite <laughs> thing that has happened in it's MMA in a long time. Uh, Hayes the third again with you in the uh, uh, Darius Army. Look at how they massacred my boy. Uh, definitely a tough loss to see as a fan of Benil's, as I still think he should have just been given the title fight. Also, uh, I'd love to say he gets uh, some money fight. I'm not that dumb. I know he's going to fight Armin after he presumably wins next week. Boy, it does feel like the stars are lining up for that fight, eh? That is, mm. that is tough. He's with me with uh, Malat versus Dalby. Salikov, winner. Run back, Kardos Imovov. Uh, yes, Dalby versus Andrew Lee. So a lot of us are all, all on the same page, it feels like. And we'll close with Ryan Doherty. Ryan, what is up? Balbita versus Martinez. I assume Meli, Meli Martinez. Hold on. How many Martinez's are there in the strawweight division? Melissa Martinez, right? Yes. Yeah, that's must be. Be Okay. Super Meli. Meli yeah, booked? Is she? I hope so. I wanted to see for Super Meli back. I think she is booked. But let me let me just double check. Yeah, I'll do, I'm with you. I'll take a quick gander as Is well. she fighting Yasmin? Luc- oh, no. She was booked oh, she was by supposed Yasmin to. Lucindo. Was, okay, yeah, no booking. No booking. Yeah, She's free. Know. Okay. She's young. She's young. She'll get back in there soon. Uh, yes, Davish is JJ Aldrich. JJ versus JJ. Sure. Listen, uh, not confusing at all. Uh, with me on Bakayo versus Pfeiffer. Mike Malat versus Miguel Baeza. I think Malat, I would say, has passed Baeza in my rankings at this point. Is he Oliveira Baeza is still in the UFC? He might not be. Let me check my rankings real quick. I'm not calling the studio, by the way. I have him in there. I have him in there. And I have him actually right around the same range as Malat. So... Sure, but they're kind of going in different directions, right? Yeah, Baez has lost three straight. Mike Malat three and zero in the UFC so far. I don't know if the, I don't know if I like that for Malat. It's kind of a medium risk, little reward. Oliver Islam, of course. Darius Fiziev, and if Amanda if Amanda doesn't take time away versus oh no no no, so he this, he wrote that before the uh, the retirement. So uh, Pennington versus Pena for for he said originally interim. I assume he means vacant. So Mike. I think we're getting Pennington Pena in the future, and the bantamweight division just continues to chug along, uh, just like our show, just like our listener picks. Guys, send those in to me, please. Uh, Twitter, at Alexander K. Lee. Instagram, Alexander K. K. Lee. Email, 
uh, alex.lee at espionation.com. Mike, where can they hit you up? Uh, IGM underscore heck JR. You guys are the best. Look, if you guys liked UFC 289, you are going to love UFC Vegas 75 because nothing makes me feel better after a nice tight 11 fights for a pay-per-view set time lineup where the main card is five fights at 10 p.m. Eastern, then a 13-fight fight night card, 14-fight fight night card that also has a main card that starts at 10 p.m. Eastern but has six main card fights and ends with a middleweighty middleweight all-time classic between oh, Marvin Vittori and Jared Cannonier, which is undoubtedly a guaranteed lock to go 25 minutes at least. Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier, Armin Sarukian, Joaquin Silva is the co-main event. Christian Leroy Duncan, Armin Petrosian, Pat Sabatini versus Lucas Almeida, Nicholas Mota, Manuel Torres, Muslim Salikov, Nicholas Dalby, Six-fight main card that starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. And then before that, we have eight other fights, like Hyundai Barcelos versus Miles Johns. Could be fun. Jimmy Flick, Alessandro Costa. Could be Kyung fun. Kyung Ho Kang, Christian Quinones, Carlos Hernandez. Back? Wow. Yeah. Carlos Hernandez versus Dennis Bondar. Felipe Bunez versus Zalgas Zumagulov with the hair. I'm very excited for that. Uh, Teresa Bleda versus Gabriela Fernandez. Ronnie Lawrence back against Daniel Argueta. And kicking things off, AK, UFC Vegas 75. Modestus Bukowskis versus Zach Pauga. There you go. This is, this, this is not a bad card. It's, it's not, not a bad card. It, look, if this is two fights lighter and a <laughs> main a card is... And main card started at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'd be much more enthused they about can't it. Do, they can't be a six-fight main card. That's cruel and unusual punishment. It's a six-fight main card. And it's a hold on, hold on. Card. Let me check ESPN real quick. Hopefully they wait a minute. Let me check ESPN real quick. This is That's sadistic. It's 10 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. I'm telling you. The, the gra- no, graphic no, no, was no, on I, during the watch party last your night. Your time it's six is fights. right. I, it's six fights. Why would they do this? It's because they're, I don't know. And we have Bellator wrong. the night before, which is a way better card than this one. Yeah, this card isn't bad though. I, I, it's I'm not excited. bad. Christian Leroy Duncan. I love the bantamweight fight. I love Miles Johns, Harney Bocellos, Jimmy Flick, Alessandro Costa. I think flyweight unders is gonna have a comeback. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. It'd be, it'd be just, a little bit of a tough hang early on. Yeah, we're gonna have a post-fight show that starts at like three forty-five a.m. after not all again. this. Vittoria Canadier. Vittori Cannonier is not going to start till like 1 a.m. And they're going the full 25. And this is probably going to be a nut shot, an accidental clash of heads, an eye poke or two. It's just going to be the longest main event of all time. And I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for the best. But this is a fun card. And then we're going to just get this. This could be a torturous card. It has I all like the makings card. of it. I don't care for the main event, but I otherwise I like this card. I actually think the card is not bad. I mean, I'm just grumpy. Maybe I'm just tired. <laughs> we, I, I'm just tired with like, like 90 minutes of sleep. But uh, we'll we be back. Slept. We'll be back to matchmake for this card uh, next week, and then after that, it is on to Jacksonville, Florida, for the event headlined by Ilya Taporia and Josh Emmett. That is an ABC card, so we're gonna make up for it. We get a 10 p.m. main card with six fights, and then the following week we get some afternoon MMA, which I love oh so much, and then we get a. More middleweights, AK. The following week, Sean Strickland, Abus Magomedov, UFC on. Vegas 76, and then it's uh, onwards on. 
It's onwards to International Fight Week, UFC 290, Volkanovski, yes. Eddie Rodriguez, Brandon Moreno, Alexander Pantoja, and more. And then, boy, oh boy, things get fun. We go back to the Bantamweights, the women's Bantamweights, Holly Holm versus Myra Bueno Silva, headlines UFC Vegas 77, and then we go to London for the July 22nd card, and then it's UFC 291, July 29th. Mike, don't bury the lead here. Is it too late to make Holly Holm versus Myra Bueno Silva just for the vacant, the recently vacated title? Yes. <laughs> Yes, he said plainly. <laughs> I mean, if I was it, just saying, it's like a month away. We got a month until this card. Th- okay, if, this, if they were main there. eventing, if this is the main event of Jacksonville, I could see them doing uh-huh. it. But they're not gonna. They're not gonna do a title fight at the Apex. They can't. Come Please, on, for the love of God, I can't. This belt, I can't. This belt cannot be unclaimed for this lot. Let, we need a champion of this division. Can you imagine we the need universal champion. reaction if they made that decision? I'm hoping for it now. It would go over with a whimper at best. Oh, my God. I'm so hoping we for gotta it. Go. this happens. We got to go. Uh, AK, you're the man. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate all of you guys. Uh, don't forget, MMA Hour on Monday. Ariel already revealed one guest on the watch party. In studio, the middleweight champion himself, Israel Adesanya, will be in studio on the MMA Hour on Monday. So get excited. A lot of uh, recapping of 289 and more this week on our, all of our programming. We appreciate you very much. Back next week right here on the program for some more matchmaking. Always remember the golden rule. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. And we'll have more fun right here next Sunday on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.